Are collaborations from the same boutique releasing at too high a clip? Let's discuss this week on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast. As always, I am your host, Matt Freights, or Matty Ice, as some people like to call me. I want to thank you for tuning in, and I want to thank all the listeners from different countries outside of the United States, from Australia, Romania, and Switzerland. Y'all have been coming in huge, and I've been noticing it in the numbers, and I just want to say a very, very genuine thank you from me to you. I hope that this finds you well, and I hope that you are living your best life right now. We are getting close to the end of January, and we're getting into that sneaker year. Last week, we talked about the connection between sneakers and societal narratives. There are a lot of things that sneakers can represent. There are a lot of artistic palettes that can tell stories. I have always long said that the sneakers that have stories behind them are some of the best sneakers. Boutiques and collaborations factor heavily into the stories that sneakers can tell, and we're all used to that by now. In 21 and 22, we saw a litany of boutiques, streetwear brands, and celebrities come out with collaboration sneakers. It's very, very popular these days, and it's because the fact that hype is so heightened today in sneaker world, the sneaker world is just always salivating for releases. There's no way to get around it. However, these stories drive narratives in society. As we talked about last week, the beginning of sneakers being something that thugs wore all the way up until today where social justice narratives can absolutely be shown on a sneaker and the way that you design it can tell a story within the materials that you're using, the color palette that you're using. There's many ways that artists and other people can tell stories through sneakers. Union is one of the biggest collaborators in today's world, and they have been collaborating for quite a while. They have an upcoming release later on this month of a AJKO low, and I wondered when thinking about this, are boutiques releasing shoes too frequently? The AJKO is obviously an interesting addition to the Jordan line because it is a couple of years after the initial Jordan 1, but it doesn't share the same lineage as a lot of the other Jordan silhouettes. The thing is, collabs have been a big part of sneakers for many, many years. Union LA is obviously on the forefront of that as they have been collabing with Nike since 2005. However, recently, the frequency at which a lot of these brands collaborate with Nike or release sneakers, it's not just Nike, it's a lot of other brands as well, that has ramped up. And with the AJKO releasing this month, not being a silhouette in true Jordan lore, it's ironic when I was looking up a little bit of the history of the KO, there is not much about it. You can't really find a lot of narrative on it the way that you could say a Jordan 1, a Jordan 2, Jordan 3. And that KO, I've always wondered what it stands for. Allegedly, it stands for knockoff. They're using canvas instead of leather. The idea, I think, being that it's not as premium, not as quality as a real Jordan 1. The funny part about that is today there is very much an us versus them mentality with people who wear and rock reps and people who wear only retails. You know me, I'm somebody who sort of sits in the middle. I don't see a need to have all retail or all rep because honestly, I think it's just about the shoes that you like, wearing what makes you feel good. And if you want to be a collector, you want to be somebody who has that kind of clout, go for it. I don't really have a judgment either way. I don't have a dog in this race. But I ask you, should collabs only be popular silhouettes? Should we only be putting our design aesthetics when it comes to these streetwear brands and boutiques on shoes that we know will sell? Jordans, Dunks, things like that. Early collabs, and I put that in quotes, weren't always exclusive. When you think about back to the 60s, the 70s, and even into the 80s before Michael Jordan, 
The idea of pairing an athlete with a shoe was 100% meant to be about marketing. It was trying to sell the shoe. They weren't putting any special design aesthetics on the shoe. They were just putting their name to it. If you saw a shoe and there was an athlete endorsing it, such as the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Adidas and his skyhook, that was going to get people to go buy it. That was the whole point. And again, it is the same way today. I think it's just a little bit different. And it wasn't until Run DMC in the mid 80s with their Adidas superstars in which other people besides sports figures were used or I guess associated with sneakers. And they were associated with wearing not just Adidas superstars, but Adidas superstars that were completely unlaced. They had no laces in them. And that led them to a contract with Adidas, which I believe was the first contract that a rapper got to design sneakers. It was an exclusivity thing. And even still, it wasn't until the early to mid 2000s that people in the hip hop game were actually getting a lot more shine when it came to exclusive sneakers and designing sneakers. And I've talked about that a couple of times with the Air Force One, with Jay-Z, with Nelly, and the list goes on from there. Supreme though, that's a streetwear brand that a lot of people know. Supreme has been in the game since the 90s and they obviously have revolutionized the idea of streetwear. And when you think about the biggest brands today, Supreme is probably the one that people take for granted the most because they have been out there so long and they probably maybe have rested on their laurels a little bit, but they were the first major streetwear brand to make collabs popular. And I think about those early 2000s, 2002 Dunk series. They have since come out with others, and they obviously have come out with other collaborations with Nike, but those were the first dunks that really put it on the map, that streetwear brands could design a shoe, and that led to a whole lot of possibilities, even going through the dunk craze of the early to mid-2000s, and you think about those Tiffany dunks, and you think about all the artists that lent their visions, Futura, other people like that. I mean, think about the Paris dunks. Those are some of the most sought-after unicorn dunks of all time. You have to pay tens of thousands of dollars for a pair because they were that unique. They were that exclusive. And that was the point of collabs back then. They were meant to be exclusive. They weren't meant for everybody to have. And I think today, when you see so many of them come out, it kind of takes away from that a little bit, and we will get into that. But I think the idea of exclusivity is not a bad thing. When you talk about putting somebody famous or you talk about putting a design aesthetic or just a design in general on something that is not meant to be completely oversaturated in the market. This is not a general release. We're not gonna be producing them and producing them and producing them so that everybody can have a pair. There are plenty of shoes out there that fit that mold. There are plenty of shoes out there that everybody can get their hands on. They're not meant to be special. These collabs, when they were coming out so infrequently, they were meant to be special. If you had a pair of those, you were one of very few who could get them. And today, if you fast forward now, if you're a collector, trying to find those is difficult. And it's supposed to be difficult because if you have them, it is 100% supposed to be a collector's piece. It's a unicorn at this point. And I think what put sneakers on the map in terms of mainstream news was Jeff Staple. Jeff Staple's OG Pigeons 100% put sneaker culture on the map. It had obviously been around. It had been percolating since the Air Jordan 1 and obviously through the 90s with all of the connections to popular culture, all of the connections to celebrities, all the connections to athletes. This was the moment that people that weren't sneaker people started realizing that sneakers were really a thing. And if you remember the release of that, which was an in-person release, back then there was no internet. I mean, there was an internet, but there was no internet the way that we know it today where you can go on click a few times and that shoe is being sent to you in a couple of days. This was, you had to go, you had to wait in line, and you usually waited in line with other people who were salivating for this shoe. And those OG pigeons caused riots. There was rioting in the streets of New York City to get that shoe. That's how popular it was. And it was an exclusive thing. 
there weren't any others made after that release. Dunks aren't really retroed at all today. And I've always wanted that. I've always wished that we could go back and re-release a couple of these. And I'm not talking about making it mass produced so that it becomes less valuable. I'm talking about giving it a shine. 20 years later, don't we want to pay homage to this dunk that basically puts sneakers on the map for, in terms of mainstream popularity? And only a couple of years later, after the Jay-Zs, after the Nellies, Kanye got his hands on the sneaker game. And really, he changed everything. With his collaborations with Nike, with the Air Yeezy line and the Air Yeezy 2 line, it really just skyrocketed collabs into the stratosphere. And even the Red Octobers that released after he left Nike, it just changed everything. Him creating the Yeezy brand with Adidas, we became accustomed to Kanye's name and likeness being a part of these shoes. It wasn't always like that. Kanye himself became a brand. But before that, these collaborators, they weren't a brand. Union and Stussy and Supreme, they're obviously a brand of streetwear. But when it comes to sneakers, there was a every so often effect to when they would actually put out sneakers. And it wasn't something that became synonymous with their brand. Their brands are still streetwear. Kanye became synonymous as a brand in sneakers. And if you fast forward to today, I would say probably starting in late 2020 when the, the hype of sneakers just grew to immense levels to the point that we could not keep this up. 21 through 22 now, it has flooded the market with collab releases. But that leads us back to Union because I think Union today is probably one of the most recognizable collaborators and brands that actually designed sneakers. And they have come out with so many in the last couple of years, but we probably forget that the first collab they ever did was way back in 2005 on a very, very old and I would say possibly forgotten silhouette. And I did talk about forgotten silhouettes a couple of weeks ago. I did not mention the shoe, but the Air Force 180 as a part of the clerk's pack. It was unique. It was bombastic. It was 90s. That was kind of the whole point. And while the shoe itself could have actually been forgotten if not designed properly, this was their first foray into designing and it was a home run. It really was. And you know what? It's exclusive. There weren't a lot of them. And anybody who has one, 100% is a collector. I've never even seen one of these in person. I'll be honest, I didn't even know this was their first release. So I've learned something through this episode and hopefully you have too. There were some dunk highs in 2009 that were meant to be designed after the AirTech Challenge 2. If you look them up, they're dunk highs. They obviously have the same color palette and scheme as those AirTech Challenge 2 from the late 80s or the mid 80s. And they have a strap on top, which is really weird because the dunk mids usually are the ones that have a strap. These aren't even the strap that's synonymous with dunk mids. They look more like Air Force Ones. They obviously haven't been given a lot of love. We don't hear a lot about them when it comes to Union's designs and Union sneakers. But as a part of history, they obviously mean something. Then there was a huge gap between the time that Union created another shoe. And when they came back, they gave their design aesthetic to the Jordan 1. The Jordan 1 High OG, as a matter of fact. And to this day, it is probably considered one of the best collaborations of all time. Whether it's the black or the blue, both colorways knocked everybody's socks off and they are just astronomically high when it comes to resale price. They're some of the most rep shoes on the market, which tells you that they're still popular today. Are they popular because of the fact that they're a Jordan 1 and because they're hype? I don't know, but I do know that they were perfectly designed. They paid homage to old school OG colorways of the Jordan 1. They had Union's own aesthetic on it, and that's where we started to see them getting that branding. Union became a brand in sneakers, so to speak, because you saw the Union LA tag. Every shoe that they have had since then has had it. 
It was a beautifully designed shoe. It was the perfect collaboration. It really was. And since then, they have done nearly a dozen other shoes. And it just begs the question of, is it too much? Even this AJKO, it represents a little bit less hype. The people that I've seen talking about it, the hype around this shoe is not nearly what it is for other shoes. And honestly, I think it's a very simple shoe. It's very beautifully designed. It doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles. Again, it's not the shoe in the Jordan line that is given a lot of love in terms of its history. And they have certainly designed other shoes along with the Jordan Delta Force and other shoes like that. It makes you wonder if Jordan brand is basically saying to them, hey, we're gonna give you the reins to be able to design any OG Jordan that you want, but you're gonna have to throw us a bone here and design some of these other shoes. And these are other shoes that honestly, people have forgotten about if you think about it. And they recently announced that they're going to be coming out with a new Air Jordan 1 OG High collaboration. And it just makes me think that the specialness, the exclusivity is completely gone. When I think about a union release, I don't think about something that's special anymore. It just feels commonplace. It feels almost expected. And we're even getting to that place with Ama Manier. The allure around their releases will fade. Even though they have continued to hit home run after home run, eventually it'll just be common. And that's not the point of these collaborations. When you have too many of them and it floods the market, they become common and they're supposed to be special. They're supposed to be uncommon. We are supposed to go back 10 years from now and say, man, Union really hit a home run back then. I'm salivating for them to come out with a new release. And they have come out with what, two or three silhouettes every single year. And yeah, you could say that they are actually making it more attainable for other people in the market. But to me, I feel like the special nature of it is being taken away. And maybe that's a microcosm for all of sneaker culture, where we are just flooding the market with everything to the point of saturation and nothing is special anymore. Is there such a thing as an exclusive sneaker? I'm actually not sure, but I think that the way that it is going down now, union is not the problem. Union is a symptom to the larger cause right here. And that is, is sneakers just becoming too saturated? I ask you, the listener, are brands like Union releasing too many shoes on a yearly basis? Has it taken away from the special feeling these collabs are supposed to have? Or maybe you're somebody who loves the fact that they are just releasing one after the other after the other because you can get your hands on them or you've been unable to get your hands on them. And this is an opportunity for you, even if it's not something that is 100% hype like those 2018 Jordan 1s, you're able to get your hands on them and that makes you happy. Reach out to the show and let me know. On Instagram, at FireFootwearPod is the handle. We're now on Facebook. Just search FireFootwear, a sneaker podcast. You can find us there. Make sure to follow us. If you want to find me personally on Twitter, at MattyIceFreights is the handle for that. Any questions or comments for the show, email us. FireFootwearPod at gmail.com is the way to do so. If you are listening on Apple and Spotify, please hit that follow button. Please hit that rate button. It means a lot to me. And of course, as always, Visit MattyIceMedia.com for all the other podcasts that we have, including the Iceman and Coach Sports Show. And look out for some announcements about the big game pre-show bedlam that we have. Three hours, three shows, big game Sunday. You do not want to miss it. I hope that this finds you well. I hope that this finds you safe. And I hope that you have a great rest of your week. As always, this is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. 
Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.